All right, so hello and welcome to the Traders Improved Podcast. Today we have a very, very special episode with Akil Stokes. Hey, Akil. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for making the time. You're our first ever guest that we are hosting here on our podcast. And I immediately had to think of you when we were uh, thinking about a guest. And I'm really, uh, really, really excited and um, looking forward to picking your brain. <clears throat> Perfect. I'm excited to be here. It's cool, it's cool to be the first guest. I'm honored. Um, it's even better because I have absolutely zero expectations to, to meet up to. There's <laughs> right, no yeah. one before me. So I, I'm going to be the best, at least for this first, <laughs> the first session. <laughs> at least so, yes. 100%. <laughs> so for those who don't know, I will put all the links in the, in the show notes and on YouTube or on podcast. Akil is um, from Tier 1 Trading, tier1trading.com. And he has a great podcast. Um, I follow his Instagram religiously. And yeah, he's a, a trader, a mentor, educator, a family man, athlete, a coach. So yeah, there's lots of things we need to cover. So let's get right into this. Um, well, let's start with the common questions. Um, and uh, we have many new traders who always tune in. What do you think from your experience as a, as a coach, as a mentor, um, what is the number one skill that a trader must develop? And what are your, your tips um, and best practices? Well, I would say the number one skill, um, I might have to split this a little bit. I'll, I'll go from kind of a, an actual skill and, and kind of a mindset as well. But I think the number one skill is in general, just understanding the basics of, of reading a price chart, like the, the simple things, what a, a candlestick is, how price moves, I, identifying trends, support and resistance. It's not necessarily the, the sexy stuff. It's not necessarily the stuff that's going to allow you to go into the market on day one and start making money. But I think no matter what type of strategy you end up trading or what type of trader you end up being, whether it's trend continuation, counter trend systems, I think those aspects are kind of like the backbone. They're the foundational issues. If they don't exist, a trader can't build the rest of their trading style off of that. And I think one of the problems that many new traders face, and including myself, is they kind of jump straight to the strategy and they just want the quick, hey, tell me when to enter, when to exit. And they usually realize the hard way that it's not that simple. It, it takes a little bit more learning. So I would say that would be the, the, the most important skill, in my opinion. I, I think mindset, too, is important. I, I think going into trading with the idea that this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's, it's funny. You have different skills out there, whether it's a doctor where you understand, hey, I need to take six, eight years of schooling to be good, or even a mechanic where I need to train for this long to fix stuff. People think in trading, it's like, I just, you know, I watch a YouTube video and read a book and I'll be good in like a day. And um, it's, it's not the case. It's a skill like anything else. And I think newer traders just need to have the mindset that, hey, it's going to take time to learn. It's going to take effort. Um, it's not necessarily the get rich quick scheme that many people think it is, but if done correctly, over time, those small returns can really compound and, and become very, very generous. Right. Yeah, in trading, we always forget that um, it's more than just buying or clicking buy and sell. And then, yeah, it, it seems too easy on the surface. But once you get into it, it's, uh, it's not that simple. Yeah. No, especially in FX, where it's so easy to open a broker, brokerage account and you have so much leverage at your hands. You pay in 200 bucks and then you click buy or sell, you're a trader. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's exactly that's all it takes. Oh man, that's and that's what and that's what sucks many of us into. I mean, that's you know, it's embarrassing for me to say it, but that's what got me into FX as well. I thought that you know, hey, I don't need a lot of money and I can make a lot more money quicker. Um, and and that was kind of the it was signed up in like a couple of minutes and I and I went after it. And, and I think it's a curse and a blessing. It gets many people into trading. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you need to get over the first hurdle, I think, to yeah. take it seriously. True. So what is your advice when a new trader comes to you because you mentor a lot of trader? Mm -hmm. What would your advice be for, let's say, a trader around 20, mid-20s who are just starting out? What would you or where would you, what would you advise him to do, where to start? What do you typically do? Um, I, I would tell them to start by, by taking your time, again, thinking about what do you want to achieve uh, what do you want to achieve from trading? And, and especially being someone in the mid-20s really kind of put a big emphasis on perspective, uh, meaning that, hey, you know, when I first started trading, it, it took me about two years of being horrible. And, and that's even after, like, I kind of got started. 
And, you know, that was back in 2007. And I look at things now, and that two years was nothing in comparison to the years in which you're consistently profitable. So I think I would talk to that newer trader, and I would say, hey, understand, you're, you're mid-20s. You have plenty of time. You know, don't rush it, because if you rush, you're just going to need to go backwards. Take your time. Learn the right way. Don't be in a rush to start trading live money. Um, do things the right way and, and, and trust that, hey, it may take you a little bit more time up front. But once you get started and once you get going, you won't have to worry about taking any steps backwards and, and you'll be ahead of the pack as far as just um, bringing in consistent profits and allowing that trading account to compound. Uh, again, that's the, the real magic is, is doing the same thing just with more money. Um, <laughs> so I'd, I'd advise that, especially someone that young, plenty of, plenty of time, plenty of time. So yeah. what do you think, how many, out of, out of 10 people, how many people follow that advice? <laughs> uh, one. <laughs> uh, I, I'd probably, probably five would say it. I, five would be like, oh, no, it's not for me. I, I, I spoke to a trader this morning who was um, asking the same question. He's like, hey, Kiel, you know, how long do you think it's going to take for me to, uh, you know, does it usually take to become good? And I said, well, you probably... I said, I probably, if you want to err on the side of caution, you know, give yourself at least a year. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And so it's like, at least he was honest, but it's like, um, so maybe five people would just be like, no, not interested. Five people would say like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then maybe one person out of the 10 actually does it. Mm -hmm. right. Sad, but that's, you know, yeah. the truth, unfortunately. Same, same, same in our experience, I think. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things is that most people who get into trading, they, they have a lot of things on their plate as well. They have maybe a college or a job or a family to take care of. Then they have hobbies and other things and interests. And um, I think juggling and prioritizing and developing discipline is, uh, is really important. And that's where I really wanted to pick your brain. I see on your Instagram, you do so many things, it seems. Um, and what is your... How do you develop, um, how do you juggle all of those things and how do you develop discipline to just keep doing all those things? Well, I think, I think my upbringing gives me a lot of discipline. Um, I'm a former athlete, so, and, and I still continue to coach. So a lot of my life has been spent kind of being forced into time management where I know we talked about how I, I came early to this event um, for, to the podcast. And it's like, if I was five, if I was any less than five minutes early to practice, you were late. So it's like, you got to be on time or you got to run extra after practice and you don't want to yeah. do that. Um, or whether it's playing sports and it's just like, Hey, you may not agree with the coach all the time, but you have to follow instructions. You have to follow what the coach says, because that's your, your job. So, you know, doing that from the age of, of six, really, I, I think, It, it taught me when growing up, like sometimes you have to do things you don't like. Sometimes you just got to kind of trust the process. Um, and that's become a big part of my trading. Um, as far as juggling everything, it, it was tough. When I first started trading, you know, I, I was fortunate. Maybe I, I was pretty dumb. I, I again, I, I thought I would be very successful very, very quickly. I started off in the stock market. I did well in the stock market simply because it was at a time where you can buy anything and you would make money. And I, I went into Forex. So I thought I'd make a lot, a lot of money a lot quicker. And I had this plan where I'd be a millionaire in like six years, making 20 pips a day every day. Yeah. Consistently. Everybody has those spreadsheets, I think, at one yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was finally calculated. And yes, it was, yes. yeah, how could it ever go wrong? Right. Um, but I ended up quitting. I was working three jobs at the time. I ended up quitting three of my jobs or two of my jobs I quit when I wasn't getting renewed to focus full-time on trading. Um, so I was... I think in hindsight, fortunate in a way that I had about, you know, 12, 15 hours a day that I could invest the learning. Um, so I just did that a lot. Um, and, I, and I think one of the reasons I became good was, was doing that. And of course, getting mentorship and coaching as well. Um, but as my life changed, uh, as I started to have, you know, family, kids and, and, and started the, the education business. And now all of a sudden you got all these different things you're doing. I found it very difficult to, juggle everything. Uh, so I invested a lot, in, a lot of time in just researching like productivity, researching time management, and really working hard on, on that aspect of my life. Um, at the same time, keeping balance because, you know, the, the reason I do this, the reason I love trading is because I can be at home with my children. I have two kids. Uh, I can be at home with them. I can take them to parks and when they get in the school, see plays. And if I'm stuck behind a computer, 
working all the time, I, I've really defeated the purpose of like time freedom. Um, so right. that, that kind of sticks with me in the back of the head where I, I want to be a good father. I, I want to be there for my children and mm-hmm. I need to balance everything around them. So do you still have unstructured time in your day? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. So I, I make sure to, um, I, I'm, I'm structured, but not, I'm structured in what I want to do, but I, I don't necessarily measure things out like hour by hour. I, I kind of know what I want to do, but it's like, this may take 15 minutes more. This may take 15 minutes less. And I always schedule time of, of free time where it's like, Hey, once I get to this kind of time in a day, this is family time, this is kid time or workout time, whatever it may be. Let's get away from the computer and, and do that. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll sneak on later if the wife's putting the kids to sleep. Um, <laughs> but I, I make sure to, to try to find that balance because if not, you go crazy. Uh, I, I think you truly will go crazy working all the time. And it, it defeats the purpose of what we're doing here. Yeah. Right. So are you also an early riser? <laughs> I am. I, I am up... Um, Usually around 5.30, between okay. 5.30 or 6. Um, I, 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 I've been trying to sleep in more. I'm not, I don't wake up 3 o'clock in the morning or anything like that. I, I try to sleep in a little bit more, but I'm an, I'm an early bird. Um, at the same time, I, I pass out very early at night. Like Once 8 o'clock comes, I'm just like I'm <laughs> zombie mode. So I, I can't stay up late to save my life, man. I'm the worst. <laughs> I, I try, to get, try to get stuff done early. Uh, That's the only time there's really peace and quiet about the kids running around. All right. Yeah, Moritz just converted me to the to the early riser club. Oh. And, but it's, it's really it's really amazing how much you get done in the morning before everybody else wakes up, and then uh, you're ahead of the day, and then you have just yeah you just feel better as well, and then you I think it's like a like a yeah it's like a uh, once you get going, then it builds a lot of momentum as well. Yeah, but I, it's I tough, agree. I have to say. It is tough. <laughs> like I, it. I, and I don't even have kids. See? <laughs> I had a few times where I'll wake up. Like, I'm one of those people, if I wake up, I don't go back to sleep. So there'll be a couple of times I'll wake up like four o'clock and I'll, I'll have the same thought process as you where it's like, okay, I got four o'clock. I'm just going to get after it, get as much as I can done. Um, and then I always pay for it later. I feel good. I'm like, I won the day. It's 10 o'clock. I've done more than everyone else has done in the entire day already. And then like noon comes and I'm just like dead. Right. So I want to ask you, you're coaching um, athletics as far as I know, right? Mm-hmm. Do you see any similarities in the best performers in athletics and trading and or also um, are there things that you can as a coach apply from one thing to the other where you see you can help uh, help um, both people yeah I, i see a lot of similarities and i think the training aspects of of both are are very similar um we talked earlier about um you know, no matter what type of trader you want to be you need to know kind of the foundational stuff you need to know about the market and you need to be able to read a price chart um i coach athletes i coach track and field so the athletes i coach do different things there are sprinters there are long jumpers there are high jumpers uh, even with events like throwers we spend a lot of the time in the beginning of the year especially with the, the newer uh, athletes that come in just teaching the basics of biomechanics so it's like hey here's how you use your body here's how you move your arms here's how you move your legs and what i've learned over the years with that is Although all of those events do different things, some people are just running, some are jumping, some are throwing, they all need to know how to use their body the same exact way. So it's a really cool transition where, you know, hey, you want to be a trend continuation trader, you want to be a systems trader, you want to do this, you want to do that, learn how to read a price chart. You want to throw, you want to jump, no matter what it is, learn how to move your body the right way. And um, massive similarity in that. I think you also see a similarity with... um, The best athletes I've coached are, they're hungry. Um, they, they have the skill. They're, they're not necessarily the most naturally talented, but they're the ones that kind of work the hardest where they're, they're always ask, asking questions. They're always kind of looking at their own film and critiquing it. They're, they're typically kind of pointing out things before I do. Hey, coach, did I do this with my leg? Oh, good, good catch. And I think you see that with traders too. A lot of traders have that, I guess, self-discipline, self-accountability where they're able to they want to work on themselves. They don't have to be told like, Hey, get on a price chart and start doing this. They find, I guess they find joy in, in doing it, knowing that they're building a skill and then that if they keep working at it, they're going to get better. So I think that's another good similarity between uh, the athletic side and the trading side. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. I always have to pull myself away from the charts. It's really hard. Like for me personally, I could sit in front of the charts <laughs> 16 hours a day and do nothing else and just get really fat. <laughs> <laughs> the life of a trader, yes. <laughs> And we, we just recently talked about this, Moritz and I, off the camera, that mm -hmm. we can really see the difference between the people we coach who have like real, like huge progress and the ones mm -hmm. where they're lacking behind a bit are always the ones who are putting in the work, who are sending us documents, what they've done or their journals or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really obvious um, most of the time that if you put in time, if you develop like self-motivation, which is very hard because generally in society we're not brought up to to motivate ourselves we're always told yeah. what to do but uh, if you can develop this as a trader and generally i think it's a it's a very very good uh, skill to have i i agree yeah a quick question for you if you don't mind like why do you think because i agree with the the society and, and we're not brought up to be self-motivated why why is that is there i mean is that just how things are is that i mean why do you think that is Oh, I think it's still a product of the education system and the education system is a product of industrialization back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically you need to just need people to function and do their job. <laughs> we don't really want them to think independently, work independently. So I think that's why we are taught like this. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's typically my view as well. It goes back to education and, you know, I, all types of conspiracy theories of control and all that fun <laughs> stuff. But yeah, I, I, I right. but if you think about it, it makes, it makes a lot of, I mean, every conspiracy theory makes sense at one. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't even think it's like a, it's not even like a conspiracy theory because the way our society is set up with most people work in nine to five offices and you can't have people do their own thing all the time in a job and question what their boss is doing. Yeah. So I think it's, it's this path, I think. And I think that's, you know, young people who get into trading, I think have it a little bit easier once they cultivate this mindset of um, self, yeah, self-motivation mm -hmm. compared to when you're in your 40s and your 50s. I guess it's much harder to break out of the, the rut. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we, once you're there, it's your, I don't want to say you're done, but it's, you've been doing it that long. It's yeah. hard to do anything else. It's right. So. So I wanted to ask you on your Instagram, I often see that you're doing a lot of backtesting and yeah. um, do you develop new strategies or is that that you try to improve existing ones? I was always curious. Um, a little bit of both. Um, I, I always try to, uh, and, and I don't have as much time to work on my, my trading as I'd like to. And I'm sure you guys experience the same thing. That, that's one of the, the negative sides that, you know, when you hear about trading coaches or mentors or people that are just working for the traders, um, people always look at it as the business side. It must be great. Well, the, the bad side is you, a lot of that chart time is not devoted to yourself. It is now devoted to helping others. And, and for people, I think all of us are kind of in that mode where we always want to grind and get better. It takes away from that. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't have as much time as I want to, to work on my own trading, which is a little bit disappointing, but that's the, you know, that's the payoff that comes with it or sacrifice that comes with it. Um, usually I'm, I'm, I'm testing, uh, something new just to, and you know I, I look at the charts a lot i'm always on there and I'll, I'll see things and i'll be like hey that looks interesting i think i've seen that before and I'll, I'll just go back and test it to see if you know if i'm on to something or if it's just completely random and most of the time is completely random most of the time i'm spending lots of time doing testing and you know nothing comes from it and i try this way and i try that way and it's it's a completely random strategy but what's cool is like uh i'll randomly test something else um, for its own reason. And then maybe I'll find something within there. So maybe I'll, I'll go in looking for something specific and I'll notice something else that can actually be helpful to the way I currently trade. And that becomes a bonus. So, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people will look at it as being a waste of time and it's a, a massive time investment. Um, but I always like to think, Hey, if I can get one positive thing out of it, whether it's just training my eyes a little bit better, or whether it's adding something to, um, help what I'm doing become a little bit more efficient, like minimally more efficient, uh, then it's a move in the right direction. But most of it is met with, uh, I don't want to call it failure, but slight disappointment, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, the ideas always look so great. And then, oh, man, oh they God. do. They, they always start off so good. That's the, I think the market, it's just the market. It's like it starts off so good. Like I'm on to something and then it's like, yeah. no. 
Did you that uh, a system worked in a backtest and then when you actually started trading it live, it fell apart or you couldn't execute it for various reasons? Yeah, I have had that happen. I was testing, I started off as a, more of a swing trader. So I was working on like four hour and, and daily charts. Um, so you can imagine, you know, you know, signals and opportunities don't come all too often. So I'm, you know, I'm doing nothing with my life. I'm in front of my charts all day and I spend like five minutes doing analysis. And I'm like, what else to do? <laughs> so I, I started playing around on um, the range bar chart. So like the, the tick charts and whatnot. And I started developing like a simple strategy. It was really heavily based off just a, a good risk profile where it was about a, a 50% winner, um, but risk reward was positive. So, you know, 50% win, good risk reward. That should have a positive expectancy. You should make money. I'm like, okay, I'll do this a few hours a day. Mm. And back testing was awesome um, because of course in back testing, right? You're getting the perfect entry every single time. In real life, um, there was a massive amount of slippage. So I, you know, I'd get filled three, four, five pips late um, and consistently doing that just destroyed the edge. It was more of a, it was a, still a 50-50 strategy, but now the risk reward was more 50-50 and then you take into account commissions and spreads and all that fun stuff and it was actually breaking even slash losing money. Um, so it didn't end up working. I, I couldn't execute it live the way I could in, in testing just because the speed was too quick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it happened to me too before. <laughs> On the lower time frames, it can be really, really volatile a system. Uh, yeah, man. And then you get caught in a big news event, and all of a sudden, you're, I mean, it's yeah. all types of weird stuff happens down there. <laughs> yeah. But you touched on, uh, on one thing before when you said that um, you pick up little things here and there. And I think mm -hmm. this is one of the benefits of that I found once I started writing about trading or trying to explain charting concepts to other people mm -hmm. i i thought that what i thought i have very what is very crystal clear in my mind is not as it doesn't come out as as good mm -hmm. uh, when you try to explain for the first time so i think there's a huge benefit in trying to you don't have to write an article or make a podcast or videos but just try mm -hmm. to explain to yourself what it is that your trading strategy is mm -hmm. um, so that you 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 will quickly see where the the holes are that you need to plug where you don't have a, a good understanding or where, where you brush over things. So I think that's yeah. uh, one of the benefits of, of trying to educate traders and putting out content. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I agree. You, you have to, it's, I, I found the same thing where it's, you, you know it in your head, like, you know, it, you can see it, it's there. And then someone asks, well, what do you do? And you're like, uh, how do I, you, uh, and you got to write it out in a way that makes sense. I think right. that's, It's tough, but like I said, it's, it's helpful because it, it keeps us accountable as educators. It, it helps us as traders because now we really have to think about, hey, how can I really define this setup and, and make rules for it and explain it in a way? And that just reinforces kind of, you know, those positive habits. So I, I always encourage anyone out there to, that's new, to start a blog, write a, a journal, do something. It, it just, it's, it's another form of accountability, which you know, in trading we need because we're, we're typically all by ourselves. Right. Yeah. And our, what often we recommend is looking for an accountability partner, which ne doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who knows trading, but just somebody you trust that you can just be open about and that holds you accountable to what you, what you say that you're going to do when you say, Hey, I want to keep my journal updated and I want to do this and this and this, please check on me at the end of the day or at the end of the week. And if I don't do this, then whatever, <laughs> Yeah, but I think this is a because at the end you just sit here by yourselves and you can you can um, you can always make any mistake sound good uh, afterwards. <laughs> exactly, we'll, we'll convince ourselves of anything if we're, if we're able to. Uh, that's <laughs> that's the gift and the curse of trading. We can do what we want and we can do what we want, which right. can go either way. So as a trader, it's very important to be able to deal with losing and losing streaks effectively because it will happen eventually. There's no way around it. You will hit a big losing streak. So what do you, how do you, what do you tell your traders and how, what do you do personally to when things are not working out? So one of the, the, the concepts, or I guess the, the mindset, the saying that we have is focus on the process, not the outcome. So focus on doing the right actions and not necessarily the result of the trade. And I think Mike Bellafiore said this in his book too, his book is titled this, One Good Trade, find one good trade. And you define a good trade as one that 
meets all the rules. You don't make any mistakes. Um, obviously, that's easier said than done. It, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's what's difficult about trading, and I think like weathermen as well, is, is you can do everything right and be wrong. You can have a perfect setup, take everything correctly, and you lose money, and you've got to tell yourself, I was right. And then kind of back to how we were brought up in society, it's, you know, you, if you fail a test, it means you're dumb. It means you're bad. That's how we're, we're judged. So we're always judging each other off the result. Um, again, trading, you can do everything right and be wrong. You can do everything wrong and be right and have this, this self-inflated kind of sense of confidence. So focusing on, focusing on the process is what's most important. Um, and, I know what, what personally helped me in my career, I, I was in a place where I was trading pretty poorly. And um, I went back, I reviewed everything and I said, okay, I'm trying to figure out what am I doing? Am I measuring this wrong? Am I looking at this wrong? Am I, how's my uh, analysis? And I realized that I was doing everything right on the technical side or everything I was supposed to do on the technical side. And the problem came from making mistakes, uh, taking targets early, pushing stops back, entering too early, entering too late, all that fun stuff. And this was at a point in time where I wasn't optimistic about my trading future. I, I had tried again for like, it was close to that two year mark and I was losing money and I'm just like, I'm running out of money. Um, I'm gonna go back to cleaning toilets at night and, and, and find something else. And my mentor had always preached the same thing, process over outcomes. So I said, you know what, fine, whatever. I'm gonna listen to my mentor. I'm just gonna do the process the right way. And I made a goal. I, I said, my goal is to make one less trading mistake per month. And I was going to start tracking my mistakes like a game. So if I made 10 mistakes in January, the goal in February was to make nine. If I made nine in February, it was to make eight. And, and making that kind of the most important thing to me, not even, I would pay attention to P&L, but I wouldn't really dig into it. And I did that for a few months. And the funniest thing happened. I remember I got a quarterly statement in the mail from my broker and I looked at it and at the time I'm used to like negative numbers and parentheses and red numbers. And I look at it and it's like a positive number. And I remember I emailed my broker. I'm like, Hey, um, I think you said you sent me the wrong statement, buddy. Cause I don't make money. <laughs> I'm not in the positive. That's not me. And they're like, yeah, Mr. Stokes, this is your account. And that's when it hit me when, when I stopped thinking about the profits and I, and I started focusing on doing things the right way. I actually started seeing the result that I wanted to see. And, and I wasn't necessarily a bad trader from the technical side of things. I was a really bad trader from the, the mental side of things. Right. Yeah. I, this is the question that I actually written down because um, everything is always about process oriented mindset and you just trust the process and everything will work out. But obviously it's really, really hard once when you are just starting out and nothing seems to work and you're just losing money left and right. So how do you, so the, the, I like the idea with tracking the, the mistakes or the, the things. How do you, is there any practical tips on how traders could get or what worked for you? Um, What's a spreadsheet? Grade, yeah, if, you, if you grade yourself, um, grading your trades and, and grade them not just on, I mean, you, you can grade the technical aspect of it too and, and whatnot, but maybe grading the, the process of it, grading, um, you know, was my initial analysis, did I do my initial analysis the right way, um, grading your entry, uh, grading your exit, grading your active trade management, um, maybe even tracking kind of how you felt during the, the trade, felt anxious, felt excited, felt nervous, felt scared. And you can even, you know, quantify that and put it into a scale and, and have an average of, of what. And keeping track of that, I, I think maybe it doesn't take the mind completely off the profit. Cause I don't think we're ever going to be completely off of money. I mean, it's, it's, it's our money. That would be a lie to say you don't care about it. It'd be a lie to say you don't get nervous when you're in a trade or whatnot, but at least it, it's a little bit of a distraction where maybe the game becomes, Hey, doing things the right way. I want to get a score of five instead of that last trade where my score was one. And then, you know, if you're breaking down the, the numbers, you know, you, I would guess you're probably going to see, a higher correlation of like your winners or your better, your better trades of, as being the ones with the higher score process score, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, and maybe that helps a little bit of belief where you start to see the correlation where it's like, Hey, if I do things the right way, I consistently make money. When I do things the wrong way, I lose it. And then you got to make a common sense type of decision. Um, right. So that, that, that could be helpful. Right. Mm, I like that. There's also this concept of a mental trading account where basically you say every time I uh, do something right, I win 100 fantasy bucks. 
And every time oh. I do something stupid, I lose 100 fantasy bucks. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, you say like, okay, I'm a, today I made 3,000 fantasy bucks. And then you can basically compare that to the real money you made and you will quickly see the correlation. So I like, yeah, I like that. Me personally. Yeah. I like that. I, I had a guy I worked with once where he, uh, what did he do? He, every time he made a mistake, he had to buy his wife a present. <laughs> and, his, <laughs> and his wife, man, his, I've never seen, his wife must have learned trading in like a week because she would just <laughs> hover behind the computer and watch. <laughs> and very, very quickly, he stopped making mistakes because just because, you know, I guess the, the pain was no longer, you know, missing a trade. It was like, I don't want to buy her a piece of jewelry or something like that. <laughs> so his fantasy bucks were going to his, his significant other. Uh, <laughs> a- I like I that idea. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. We have a trader as well that has exactly or similar to what you just described. He said that at the end of the week or at the end of the month, he has to show his accountability partner his trades. And if he had made more than uh, 10% mistakes or one out of 10 trades, he had made a mistake. He had to donate like a substantial amount of money to a uh, charity or to a good cause. And um, he said that it's, it really did help because in the end, this is, yeah, it's... Um, this is really money that hurts if you put the, the bar high enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a good way to hold yourself accountable. Good, I like that. Yeah, One, Sh- shift the money. Yeah, because what we often also see is that um, traders, they don't really track their trading or their, their trades. Yeah. And then obviously it's very hard to, uh, obviously you, when you ask yourself right now, do you remember your last five trades? Um, it will be very hard to recall even the last five trades. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, yeah, keeping track of your trades, as you said, tracking your mistakes and having an accountability partner, that could uh, have a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great tips. One thing that I, because I was talking to Moritz about this as well, because we have people from all sorts of life come to us. Mm-hmm. How do you, where do you start people? Because there are many time frames you can choose from, many trading styles. Is there a, how, what do you do in your, in, your, in your education? Do you have them all do the same or are they, you know what they're getting at? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we try to, you know, we get, and I get asked the question a lot, you know, what's, is there, what's the best time frame to start right. on? And exactly, yeah. um, they're, they're different. If I had to choose one, I would probably say that for a trader, it would be the higher time frame. I think for the, for most people, it fits into their lifestyle more where they they have a nine to five and, they have limited time to check the charts. Uh, I think from the perspective of it gives you time to do analysis, it's, it's easier on the higher time frames as well, where, you know, on a, a five minute chart, you've got to be really on top of things or you're going to miss it. And, and, you know, if you're a newer trader, you're, you're probably not skilled enough to kind of go through things quickly versus if you're trading on a, a daily chart or a four hour, something like that, you can probably have an idea of what you want to trade days, weeks in advance, and you can kind of redo the analysis, go back to your notes, redo it. Um, so I think that the higher time frames are going to be better for most traders. Um, but I like to have them take a look at their lifestyle um, and, and ask themselves, say, you know, what is your desire? What type of trader can you be, right? You may want to be a day trader, but if you work a nine to five and, and it's an active nine to five, where you're not just, you can't sneak away and watch a computer for a few hours, is it realistic? Well, maybe you wake up, it's a 24 hour market. Maybe you wake up early in the morning. Are you willing to wake up three o'clock in the morning and get a couple of day trading hours in and then go to work? Um, and, and so I like to have a map out their day, see what type of trader they can be and, and then make a decision off of that. And yeah. a lot of people will usually choose the higher time frames or maybe something where, you know, they don't have to actively look at the chart, but they can sneak away as long as they check up on it every hour, every four hours, something like that, then that's going to be okay for them. Uh, so I guess the higher time frame would probably be easier. And again, I don't, I don't want to say it's easier as far as, yeah, I think trading is hard regardless, um, but just as far as giving you more time to evaluate yourself and do analysis. So I, think, I think that's helpful for newer traders. Good. That's also more it's your approach, right? <clears throat> Look at the, the lifestyle and the time available and then yeah. build the trading around it. Otherwise it's just, Really yeah, messy. Like the, the least amount of friction. Like you have this triangle of your lifestyle and your trading plan and your um, personality. And then you have to somehow get that all into <laughs> working together. It's really not easy sometimes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's tough. It's, it, 
it's tough. Especially if you're still, I mean, in a nine to five. I mean, for me now and for, for us, we have the luxury of really choosing to trade what we want to trade and how we want to trade. But if you're still in a nine to five, I personally, I always wanted to be a day trader. But when I still had my nine to five, I had to go home from work and immediately sit down at my computer and start trading for three, four hours and then go to bed. I did that for two, two years, but uh, that's what I wanted to be, right? So that's the sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, there's a way to make it work. It's just, I think in general, like you said, you gotta, it's a give and a take. Like, what are you going to sacrifice yeah. for? I, I had a guy once, um, I spoke to him on TradingView, and um, people always laugh at this story, but I, he was honest. He was talking about what it would take to be a trader. We're having the same conversation about lifestyle. And I, and I said, well, if you want to be a day trader, right, as soon as you get home from work, you know, I think he had like, I think he had like four hours. And he was like, I spend like two hours with the kids and I spend two hours playing Xbox or something like that before I go to bed. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, those two, uh, you don't want to take time from the kid. That's important and whatnot. I said, you got those two hours of playing Xbox, right? Turn that into your, your day trading uh, time. And he was like, yeah, but I really don't want to give up the Xbox. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and people laugh at it. I, I thought it was funny at the time. because I'm like, I'm like, really, dude? Like, you're talking about changing your life and you don't want to sacrifice Xbox out of all the sacrifices. Um, but in hindsight, I look at it, I'm like, well, at least this guy knew. Like, he knew in advance. Like, he's not willing to give this up. Yeah. And someone like that probably would have went in the market and probably would have lost a lot of money because um, they wouldn't have done what's needed. So he probably saved money by not even – by just – accepting that, hey, this day trading at least is not going to be for me. Right. Um, but like yeah, prioritizing and seeing where you spend your, your time gives you a good idea of where, yeah, what's important to you. But I, I get it at the, at, the, at the other hand, I get it that if you have a very active or challenging and engaging day job, mm -hmm. then because especially in the beginning, there are just so many things in trading that you can do and should do, backtesting, journaling, reading, it's, uh, it's really hard to find the, the mental energy again at the end of the day. So yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to juggle it. I was actually trying to day trade the one minute charts on my iPad. <laughs> in <work>? the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my boss came and he's like, what the hell is that? It's like, oh, that's just, no, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing new. <laughs> I had a, because when I was starting trading, I was in my early twenties and I was working next to university. Mm -hmm. And I had a arrangement with my with my boss that I could look at my charts every four hours at the four candle close <laughs> for fifteen minutes, and uh, he was okay with that. And there was, if if you pre-plan your trades and you know what you're looking for, then it can be enough. So that is, uh, if you have a good uh, or a nice boss, then this might be also an option. So yeah, no, yeah. or book a meeting room and then just go there, close the door. Right. <laughs> You have to do this every day. Every I'm, pic I'm, I'm picturing that traders are listening to this. I'm picturing traders hiding out in the bathroom <laughs> stall. <laughs> like, right. looking at I'm sure I'm glad, yeah. <laughs> so we covered a little bit um, routines. I'm always interested in, in routines. And is there anything specific in how you end your day? Is there things that you do or other non-negotiables for you? So I, I try to end my day with some type of physical activity. Um, so I still, you know, although it's, it's been a while since I've been like a competitive athlete, I, I, I still try to be athletic. I run and, and do stuff like that. Um, but for me, that's, for me, that's my form of meditation. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a big, I, I can't just like sit there and be one with my own thoughts. I'm, I don't know if it's the shiny thing syndrome or too much going on in the mind. I can't do that. But for me to kind of go out and, and, and run or do something, go for a bike ride or just even get out and like go for a walk somewhere it's kind of like a reset. It, 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 it kind of ends my trading day and whatever emotions I have from it. If it was a bad trading day, it kind of, I don't take that home to the, the family or, or next time I look at the charts. If it's a good trading day, I'm not too overly excited and not anxious to kind of sneak back onto the charts and, and start doing the hot streak type of things where I'm entering everything. It kind of puts the trading day to rest. It, it closes the book on that chapter allows me to reset mentally before going on with the rest of my day. So um, that's, that's big for me. It's, you know, from, I work from home, so it's like, I don't have the luxury of kind of, I don't know if it's luxury or not, but I, I can't kind of have that commute where I actually leave work. It feels like we're always kind yeah. of at work. So there's always that temptation to like, you know, do something dumb. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I try to do that. 
do you journal your trades on the weekend or after your trading day or like do you do a daily review before you go I'll, for the run or i'll try to do a daily review i'll typically do it um after um after the run that way i have kind of a, a, a clear mindset on it um okay. i'll do a, the bulk of my analysis as well during the week um I'll do a bigger review, usually quarterly. Um, I, I try not to get caught up too much on like day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week stats because I'll, you know, I'll jump to conclusions that I don't necessarily need to jump to because it's, it's such a short time period. So I usually wait a quarter to kind of judge myself. I mean, I'd look at month-to-month -month stuff, but I usually wait a quarter to do like a, a bigger review to kind of see, you know, hey, am I on the right track? Does anything need to be adjusted or, or stuff like that? Um, but definitely journaling and, and, and reviewing um, – having a consistent routine of analysis has, has been helpful for me. Mm -hmm. And what about your routine before trading, like in the morning before you get on the charts? Is there anything particular that you do to prepare? I hop on social media and respond to negative. <laughs> I, 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 something, something I have, I have found though. Um, I used to be one of those people I used to jump up out of the bed um, at 5.30 in the morning, get right to the charts and start analyzing uh, mm -hmm. because I've always been the type that, You know, I'm not a snooze alarm type person. I'm like a backflip out of the bed, charge downstairs and get after it type of person. Um, but what I found is that although physically I'm awake, mentally I'm still kind of cloudy. So I would do analysis first thing in the morning and like my brain would just miss the simple things because it's not really warmed up yet. So I, I try to spend at least a half an hour of doing something else. Um, from time to time, it's a yoga routine. If, if I'm not being lazy, like a 15-minute YouTube yoga, um, usually it's getting online and responding to you know whatever messages or you know watching a news thing or, or just something other than trading for about the first half an hour. And then after a half an hour is done, then I feel confident in getting back to the charts with uh, kind of a, a more sharp mind, I guess you could say, or in, in a mm. awakened mind. Cool. Yeah, I. I can relate to the meditation thing. I try to make it work so many times and I just can't get myself to it. But I noticed that working out or doing certain things um, get you in the, same, in the same mindset where you can just repetitive work, I think in general mm -hmm. is, is, really, is really helpful and an alternative for people who just can't get it work. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know. More I've, I've tried. It, but I can't. You guys can try Tai Chi or Qigong, like moving meditations. Oh. What I what I did is I, I I went for runs often and I would listen to the same song over and over on repeat and I found that this was really it was really relaxing because you don't pay attention to the words anymore mm -hmm. and you just can think clearly. Yeah. Nice. So what I see in your background there are lots of books and uh, I know my audience and your audience probably as well they love to read. <laughs> Where is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it. I don't know. I, I hope I, I hope I didn't. Hold on. There we go. There you go. Right at right at the end. Nice. Thank you. Right at the end so I can find it quickly. Awesome. Which three books would you recommend to, it doesn't have to be necessarily new traders, but what do you think are worthwhile books to pick up or must-know books? I'll give, uh, I'll give three, three and a half. Um, Three books I typically recommend are this, and, and I, I usually stay, for the most part, towards like trading psychology. Um, and this is no particular order. I think One Good Trade by Mike Bellafiore is good. Um, I think that's a, a great insight to what it looks like in the professional world. I, I think it, it's going to back up a lot of what we talk about with uh, rules-based trading, having a plan, um, and, and stuff like that. So I think that's an excellent book. Uh, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas is a good one. Uh, psychologically, that's a, a great book. I also learned why I was afraid of dogs for most of my life, which was, was helpful. Oh, we just had a <laughs> appearance of my dog while you were away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer afraid. I used to for a very long time. You understood? Um, why you? How? That, I, don't, I cannot make that connection. With the, the dogs? Yeah. Um, well, see, I, I, grew, I grew up in... Um, I grew up in an urban area and a lot of the dogs, unfortunately, that I grew up around were like, they were trained and bred to fight. Oh, um, okay. So when you see one, they would attack all the time. So every single time that I'd have an encounter with a dog, they'd attack, I'd run. I think it's one of the reasons I got fast as a kid. <laughs> um, so I've always associated just uh, dogs, enemy, run, fear. And it wasn't until I got up and I, I moved and, and, and 
when I got older and everyone had a dog and I'm like freaking out and they didn't understand why. And then as I got to know dogs, I never had a dog of my own. I got to see like, no, that it was just that particular case that kind of, I guess, influenced me for my entire life because I never had any other experiences. Okay. So that was helpful. I, 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 my, I've, both my neighbors have dogs. I love them. Um, so that was, I mean, I suppose it helped me with that just as much as my trading. Um, Market Wizards is a good one as well. I like Market Wizards because it's, it's interviews of the best traders. I think what's cool about Market Wizards is two things. I know for me personally, when I first read it, um, I read it while I was a struggling trader. And it gave me hope um, because these are the best traders of their time. And I think everyone except for one was pretty bad when they started off. Um, there was a, a steep learning curve. I remember hearing one story about a guy who lost all his money. He was crying in a stairwell and he had to call his mom to get a loan. I'm like, at least I've never done that. I never had to call mom for <laughs> money, so I'm better than him. Um, so it, it was cool to see that, that even the best of the best um, struggled. It was, often, it was also cool to see that uh, many of them had different approaches to the market. Um, so at the time, you know, I, I was under the influence that, hey, there's one single holy grail way of trading. And if you're not doing it this way, then you're never going to be successful. So reading that book really allowed me to say, hey, there are different types of ways you can be successful in the market. Um, my other book, and this is gonna, it's going to seem like I'm sucking up to you guys, but I do. Oh no, that's. <laughs> I do like your book, and I, I'll tell you why. Right? I'm, I'm not a big fan of a lot of technical books because um, I think a lot of technical books don't teach. They they basically show you <laughs> only the opportunities that work. So if it's a technical book teaching a moving average cross, every single example in the book is one where a moving average cross works all the time and you get this kind of false expectation of, of, of it's that easy. They don't show you kind of realistic looks. Um, I like Adam Grimes' book as well. I don't necessarily think it's for beginners though. Um, I like your book because I think it is for beginners. I think it's, it's a very easy read. Now again, I'm, I've got experience in the market so I, I do understand it, but I think it was very simply written which is good. So newer traders can understand it. Um, and I think it gives a realistic view. I don't think it's kind of, um, I don't know, I forgot the term where you just pick the best opportunities and tell you that everything works all the time. It's, right. it's kind of a reality check on, Hey, this is what technical analysis is. It's not going to work all the time. But this is what you need to know. Right. Um, right. so Thanks. I did enjoy that. Um, I, I, I like it. I think if, you know, I don't recommend a lot of technical books, but this is one, probably the only one aside from, um, Adam Grimes' book that I would recommend, at least the ones that, that I've read, at least. Thanks. Cool. And I really remember once you mentioned it, uh, Market Wizards, I was, I was having it on an ebook when I was a student and I was in a gym, and it was really um, motivational, inspirational. It keeps you going to, to listen to those, to those guys and hearing that they had setbacks and failures and overcome losses. Yeah, so Market Wizards, the whole series, I think it's really... You don't learn as much, I would say, like practical stuff, yeah. but it just keeps you going and it helps you push through the tough times. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like, the time horizon was super important for me that you asked them, like, how, how many years did you do this and that? And then I was like, okay, so this is like, those are the best trailers in the world and they need like five to 10 years to make it. <laughs> <laughs> it made you feel a little bit better about yourself, right? Like, this is normal. This is a, yeah, really. it's not a... <laughs> It's because the, the entire internet's telling you, like, if you're not good in the week, then, like, you suck. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. hard not to fall into that when you don't know any better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think, we, yeah, that's, I think it's a great, a great read for that. that right. The one is coming out soon, actually, like the Unknown Market Wizards. It's going to be super interesting, right, where you interviewed a bunch of unknown people that uh, make ridiculous returns every year. So, yeah, I'm really yeah. for that. Yeah. I've got it on my wish list already on Amazon. So we'll see when it comes out. So I have one last question that I would like mm -hmm. to end with. Um, if you had to start all over again, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? How would you approach your trading if you have to start again now? Um, I, I would keep a lot of my journey um, just because I think I learned a lot of lessons from it. Um, so I don't, I don't regret most of that. I, I think... The lessons that I learned helped me become the trader I am today to help me become the coach I am today and the person I am today. If I had to choose one thing, it would be when I first signed up with an education company, when I, when I first found a coach and decided to get educated, um, I still wasted about a year 
um, because I had the wrong mindset. I, I, I still thought, hey, I got a coach now. He's going to tell me the super secret strategy. I don't need to learn anything. Just find the strategy and, and plug and play. And I just, I, I went through all the training with the wrong mindset. It was just looking for the strategy, looking for strategy, looking for strategy. And I never learned how to trade. And it, I did that for pretty much about a year, at least close to a year before finally you know, smartening up and, and went back and doing things the right way. So and that would be my one regret. If, if I would have done things the right way the first time, I would have gained an extra year. I don't think I learned I think by just hunting for the strategy, obviously I learned that it, it doesn't work, but I don't, I don't think I really learned any other usable skills or lessons. It was just a complete waste of, of time aside from obviously learning the lesson that you need to know how to read a price chart and, and be an, an analyst and not just a, a system hopper or system picker or whatnot. Mm -hmm. At least understand, you know to understand your system if you're going to trade one. Don't just randomly find one and do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, I was also really stubborn and absolutely immune to advice when I started out and wasted a lot of time because of that. And uh, I mean, I don't regret it, but uh, it's it's still stupid to waste a year or two on simply being stubborn, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting though, because it's like the stubbornness is kind of needed with us as traders, where it's like, yeah, you're right. we have to be stubborn with our with our trading ideas and our way of trading and immune to kind of like the noise out there of everyone yeah. telling you your way of trading is wrong and bad, but at the same time, you gotta be open to learn as well. So it's, uh, it's tough. Especially in today's world with social media and everybody showing off all their winning trades every day and thousand systems and everything. It's really important, I think, to reduce the, the noise um, and reduce the inputs that you, that you are, confronting yourself with, especially yeah. for new traders, because it just creates all this, um, yeah, you think you're missing out, FOMO, system hopping. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's uh, what I did. Uh, I recently unfollowed almost everyone on, on social media just to try to reduce all the noise, because I think regardless of where you are in your stage, it's, uh, it's still, you're never immune to FOMO and seeing all the people make all those wonderful things every day, <laughs> but you're just grinding away. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. So thank you, Akil, for for taking the the time to uh, to be our first podcast guest. I'm really I'm really thankful. Thanks again. Uh, where can people find you when they want to know more? Um, you, know, you can find me uh, if, if you're not unfollowing people on social media. You can find me on social media. Uh, <laughs> I still follow. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, Akil at Akil Stokes RTM. I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, Again, with, with anyone, watch out for the fake accounts. We all have fake accounts. Uh, I know. You can all say if anyone kind of reaches out to you and tries to sell you something or gives you like a random phone number to call, it's not us. Um, you can also see me at uh, tier1trading.com, www.tier1trading.com. That's the company site. Um, interested in joining a nice community of traders, you can head over there. Um, Perfect. And I will put all the links in the show notes or below the video. It's everything there. So thank you again. Um, And until the next time. Yeah, have a good one. Thank you, <laughs> fellas. Thank you, Akio.